Hi, everyone. My name is Matt Jarbo. Welcome to another episode of Stranger Days. If you're new to the podcast, it's going to be something I do pretty frequently on this channel. We're going to be talking about a lot of weird stories uh, throughout history, throughout time, different people, different characters, different places. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to dive into some of the weirder, crazier, even the more dark and disturbing stuff that you might <laughs> you might notice uh, that has permeated itself throughout history. And today I wanted to talk about this particular story of the boy who inspired the character Mowgli in the Jungle Book. Now, this is an old tale. We're talking going back to the 1860s, which is when this person was born. But it does go to show you that this type of thing actually happened. And when it comes to India, it happened quite often. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the character of Mowgli, it all goes back to the 1967 Walt Disney, The Jungle Book, this animated movie about a young boy living amongst wolves in the forest or in the jungles of India who needed to be protected from Shere Khan. So he teams up with a bear named Baloo and they have a, well, a fun adventure. The movie itself was remade in 2016 by Jon Favreau. And I mean, I felt that was pretty unnecessary. But at the same time, a lot of people out there really like it because it grossed over a billion dollars. But what about Mowgli? Where did he come from? Well, the original Jungle Book was published in 1894, and it's a collection of short stories by English author Rudyard Kipling. Most of the characters are animals like Shere Khan, the tiger, Baloo, the bear. You had, uh, you know, King Louis, the orangutan, and all the characters we know and love from the Disney animated movie. But the principal character is Mowgli, who was raised by wolves. And the stories uh, set in this book, this collection of stories, are all from the forest in India. One place called Sioni, which is actually in the central state of Madhya Pradesh. Now, I'm probably going to butcher like a lot of names here. And I, I do apologize for that. That's not my, <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, I'm a terrible person when it comes to this kind of thing. But anyway, when it comes to the concept of children being abandoned in the woods or raised by animals, the story itself is as ancient as time. We're talking all the way back to the era of Roman mythology. This, of course, would be the story of Romulus and Remus. The first reported feral children were twins of noble birth who were left to die in the wilderness somewhere around 750 BC. According to legend, a she-wolf found them, suckled them, and protected them. Then stories say that a shepherd found the brothers who then grew up tending flocks. And eventually, Romulus killed Remus and went on to found the city of Rome. I mean, this story is old and it's very, very, very old, these kind of stories, but they are based in some form of reality, especially coming out of India in the 1800s. But when it comes to the character of Mowgli, it's a character that we know that there is a basis for, there is recorded history for, because he was born in 1866 and he went by the name of Dina Sanichar. That was a name that was given to him after he was discovered. Now, deep in the northern Indian jungle of Uttar Pradesh back in 1872, a group of hunters stopped in their tracks, bewildered at what they were seeing. A pack of wolves ran through the forest, followed by a ghostly form, a small child ambling on all fours. The unlikely pack disappeared into a nearby den. The hunters planted a fire at the opening of the cave and smoked the pack out. As the group reappeared, the hunters then killed the wolves and captured the boys. So, I mean, these guys just sat there. They're like, yeah, oh, there's a there's a boy in there. Hold on. Let's light a fire, smoke everybody out, murder everyone, clearly for their pelts and for whatever food we can get off of them, and then rescue the small boy. And they estimated that he was roughly around six years old. The thing was, is that when they captured him, they actually brought him to a mission run orphanage where he was baptized and given the name Dina Sanichar. 
Sanachar is actually Urdu for Saturday. Now, the orphanage was run by a guy named Father Erdhart, who was a missionary who was living in India at the time, and he noted that Sanachar's undoubtedly pagal, which is a term for imbecilic or idiotic, still show signs of reason and sometimes actual shrewdness. Now, what you have to understand here is that they were trying to, you know, domesticate Dina here. They were trying to to rid him of his wolf, you know, rearing years and bring him back into society. But they really weren't actually able to. Now, there was a child psychologist who broke this down as a guy by the name of Wayne Dennis, who wrote in his 1941 American Journal of Psychology paper, The Significance of Feral Man, that feral man is untidy and would eat things that civilized man considers disgusting. Dennis wrote that Sanachar only ate meat despised wearing clothing, and sharpened his teeth on bones. Though he appeared to have no capacity for language, he wasn't mute. He would make animal noises. Instead, uh, these feral children, according to Wayne Dennis, uh, were insensitive to heat and cold and had little or no attachments to human beings. But Sanichar kind of did, and this is where it gets interesting here, because there was later on another feral boy that was brought to the orphanage, and he uh, formed a bond with him. So Sanachar kind of took to this young feral child. And according to Father Erdhart in his reportings, there was a strange bond of sympathy that attached these two boys together. And the elder first taught the younger one how to drink from a cup. Now, why is that? Why is that that Sanachar couldn't understand most things that the civilized society was trying to teach him at the time to reintegrate him, but he was able to form a bond with another young feral boy. That to me is very fascinating. It's very interesting. You start to kind of break it down that that mentality is what came through. Now, we don't know what happened to the other feral boy. We don't know if he was able to kind of come out of it. I couldn't find any information on that. But unfortunately, Sanachar would spend the rest of his life in that orphanage. In fact, he was there for over 20 years. And after 20 years of human contact, his list of human behaviors remained very, very, very small. Though he could, in fact, walk erect because he was he was taught that he moved more ably on all fours. He could dress himself, although there was difficulty in doing that. And he managed to did keep track of a cup and a plate. So they were able to get him to walk upright and to dress himself, although there were some problems, and then keep track of a food uh, food dish, you know, plate and cup. So he showed some signs of progress, but you know what they say is like, there's a certain amount of time, like a, a window in a child's developmental cycle that if you don't actually reach that, if you, if you, if you don't teach them like the language in that time or kind of domesticate them, I guess, in that time period, uh, you lose it. It's a weird thing, and I'm pretty sure if I'm wrong on that, someone with a better degree in child psychology, I don't have one, would uh, would come in and definitely let me know. But unfortunately, when it's, there are still things that he did, right? So he he still continued to smell his food before he eat it. Um, he didn't like anything but raw meat. He would basically shove it away and uh, say, "No, I just want I just want the raw stuff." Um, but there was one interesting habit that he did, in fact, pick up, and and this is very interesting here. He, he actually picked up smoking, uh, and he, he liked it like he liked it a lot. Uh, he became, according to the documents I found here, a prolific chain smoker. And then ultimately he died in 1895. Some have said from tuberculosis. Now the tuberculosis is an interesting way of looking at it. I don't know how, how much TB was rampant in that time frame, 
but one might could also uh, maybe conclude that uh, he he maybe got lung cancer. That's my theory on it, at least. Now, around the time of his discovery, though, there were other feral children that were located in the area. This happened in India over the years. In fact, uh, there was a, a pair of sisters. There was two girls that were named Amala and Kamala, and reportedly these girls were rescued from a pack of wolves about 25 years after uh, Dina's death in India in the 1920s. Now, the man who found them, uh, he claimed that they howled at the moon, they walked on four legs, and only ate raw meat. Sounds relatively similar to what we know coming out of Dina, right? He would, after 20 years of being under human observation, or I, I, mean, I don't want to say civilized man's observation, but after 20 years of that, he still was only able to stand upright, dress himself, look after his plate and his cup, and he chain-smoked like a mofo. But these girls were very similar. Now, there's another one here, the case of Victor of Avrion. This is actually from before Dina was discovered back in, I think it was 1872 was when he was discovered. He was born in 1866. Now, this is around 1800 when a boy walked out of the woods near Paris. He was naked and unable to speak. A doctor took him in, guessed he was around 12 at the time, and gave him a name, Victor. The experts determined that he had been alone almost all of his life. And for five years, the doctor tried to teach the boy to talk and eat with utensils and live in civilization. Victor did come to understand some language, but never learned to speak. And then ultimately, the doctor's maid ended up taking care of him. Now, I'm not entirely too sure what happened to Victor. Some of these are just kind of like lumped in with the story of Dina. So it's hard to get more information. But there is a very interesting case uh, of, a, of a young girl named Jeannie. And I might end up doing a full video on her telling her story because it, it's a lot more detailed than Dina. I'll tell you that. Now, this is where uh, we get one of the more, like I said, one of the more covered cases. And this is about a 13-year-old girl who was found in California in 1970. So because it was so recent, uh, 50 years ago, uh, obviously there'd be a lot more information documented at least stateside. Now, when they found her, she was strapped to a toilet. Her father had kept her tied up for most of her life. She couldn't stand up straight or chew solid food, and she was incontinent. She wouldn't let anybody touch her. Scientists called her Jeannie and studied her at the hospital. Eventually, the doctor moved her into his home, where she did learn to use the toilet and say a few words. But by the age of 18, she was back in foster care, back in diapers, and not speaking. She now lives in a California group home, and she is still alive today. I did look that up as I was going through this information. So the thing with this story, though, like about her and like how she regressed backwards, I have a theory on that. And, and I will, you know, it's, it's just a top of the top of the brain theory. But I'm wondering if the time she spent living with the doctor, that something happened with the doctor, maybe the doctor died and there was a regression due to stress. And that's what prompted her to go back to what she knew, which was um, not speaking you know, pooping, peeing wherever she could, you know, wherever she felt, uh, and, and not, you know, using the toilet. It's one of those things where, you know, when you start thinking about the abuse that some children go through, it, it's, it's fascinating because you can just see how it has a ripple effect on their entire existence, which is one of the reasons why it's, it's very important to actually start to really kind of call these things out. Now, finally, we've got this one girl here, uh, named Essas. And she's known as the Mowgli girl. So kind of like the, the female version of Dina Sanichar. So this happened actually very recently, like in the last couple of years. 
uh, woodcutters in India. Because again, this all goes back to India. What's going on with India? How many kids are just dumped in the wilderness in India? Anyway, they found this girl in India, emaciated, uh, and she was roaming with the monkeys. She was, she was living with monkeys, not with wolves, not with a bear, with monkeys. They found her. She was uh, naked and, and living her best life like that, I guess. When police tried to capture her, she ran. And then the monkeys chased the cops. Uh, she ultimately was captured and they determined that she was anywhere between the ages of eight and 12 years old at the time. She couldn't talk and she walked on all four limbs and ate directly with her mouth. She didn't use her hands as you, as, as utensils. She ultimately did try to escape the hospital that they brought her to. And she is apparently now in a juvenile facility where she has learned to walk upright. And I think that is just one of the weirdest things, but being honest with you guys, you have this girl here. And, and they put her in a juvenile facility. I mean, it sounds like they put her in juvie, at least from an American standpoint, you know, what we would call the juvenile prison, you know, juvie. But I think this girl just needs a lot of help and there's definitely special needs. But the story, you know, of, of, you know, Dina Sanichar is definitely one that I find to be fascinating because it's, it's been proven time and time and time again, that this is an, an instance in India and in other areas, you know, even in California where they find people chained up, like damage to children when they're younger, or in the case of abandoning children in the forest, maybe thinking they will die uh, and not having to care for them due to for whatever reason. But when you see these kind of things, I know they're, it's just sad. At the end of the day, the whole thing is just sad to me, but I wanted to talk about it because I find the story of Dina Sanichar to be uh, just fascinating. And I, I kind of wish like it happened at a more recent time so I could have a better understanding of the circumstances. A lot of this just comes out of, you know, old notes like from the missionary, Dr. Uh, Father Erdhart, in order to uh, write down what he had seen and, and how it's kind of passed for the almost the last century and a half now. So we don't know much more about that, but we just know that this is how Dina has lived on. Uh, Dina's story kind of being adapted into the Jungle Book. And then us looking at that from, you know, again, like nearly a 50 year old movie, a 50 year old animated movie was based in some reality. It's just kind of weird to think about. It's very strange, which is why I want to talk about it. But anyway, as always, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your opinions. Let me know down in the comments section. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, like iTunes or anything, please feel free to give it a, a like and a review. That'd be fantastic. And uh, stay tuned for more episodes of Stranger Days. I'll talk to you guys later. Have yourself a great day. Thank you and peace out.